0: intention interior trucking companies if you are relying on facility insurance you could be overpaying reduce your insurance cost by ten thousand or more per truck and good news we accept drivers with only one year of experience to learn more just send us text by typing insurance to 365 364 0714 thank you
1: And welcome to another episode of the Trucking Risk and Insurance Podcast, where we get to talk to some of the greatest people in the greatest industry in the world. And that, of course, is transportation and trucking. This week is no exception. We have Magic Mike. Oh, sorry. They do call Mr. Mike Ace McCarran Magic Mike sometimes because of what he can do uh, to the logistics and the trucking industry. However, we're going to be talking about some of Mike's opinions as to where trucking is headed. Uh, that's this week on the Trucking Risk and Insurance Podcast. Listen in. Here we go. Mike, how
0: are you today? Happy Monday, Mike's good. He's going on vacation tomorrow. With some cool. trucking brethren, so uh, life's good. Good Came deal. Off. Good deal. Well,
2: you're you're looking good. As you're getting ready for a vacation, so good deal.
0: We COVID battle a couple weeks ago, so we got that out of the way. So uh, we're ready to go out. Perfect. Uh, That
1: is perfect. And I can only imagine some of the conversations you might be having with your trucking buddies while you are away. (laughs) But we won't get into that. What I would like to ask you about: we've had a couple of conversations, and there are some prognosticators out there. Um, or forecasters out there who say trucking is going into the ditch in the way of economics and rates and everything. What do you think is happening out there, Mike?
0: Well, it's a great question. Um, so, as I mentioned to you, I've been doing some work on this for a recent column of today's trucking. And, you know, on the one side, you've got Bank of America, you've got the freight waves people uh, looking at probably spot market data and predicting, uh, you know, a real downturn. I guess there has being about 12 uh, freight recessions since 1972. I think I've lived through all of them. And so on one hand, that group, based on spot market data, is saying that uh, times are going to be very difficult. Then you got dots on the other side saying, well, I don't know how difficult it's going to be. The numbers in March uh, were poor because a lot of people, a lot of people pulled straight out of the spot market, moved to the contract market, and that's impacted the numbers. I do know that contract rates have never been higher. Uh, the carriers I know have never been making any more money than they are today. And after the the stuff, and I'll just leave it at stuff because there's no seven second delay on this. <laughs> that, uh, that truckers have gone through. The past, uh, you know, couple of years, a reset is not a surprise. And I think Canadian carriers in particular have to be careful, you know, the numbers they're reading, who's saying it and what these analysts have to say, because they're not, they don't have boots on the ground and they don't no. know your business, no. your sector or your geography. So it's, uh, I'm not an economist, but uh, I think it's a lot of noise myself.
1: Jeez, you're being so polite today. A lot of noise. (laughs) You could have.
0: My wife warned me; it wasn't. It's not a hockey podcast, so.
1: (laughs) You know well, and you're right. It's not a hockey podcast, but I can hit the bleep button anytime. But anyway, (laughs) what are you hearing from the Canadian carriers? Is it? I mean, from my perspective, most of my years in trucking. Uh, I heard a lot of crying from Canadian carriers as freight rates sucked. Um, And quite honestly, I didn't understand why anybody would want to own a trucking company a few years back. Mm -hmm. What are you hearing is happening out there now?
0: Well, you know, I think that, I think people are concerned about a lot of things. I think they're coming off a great run, but it was still a tough time to do business. You know, you're, you're trying to service your contract carriers You've Got inflation, uh, everything's going up, and you know, still a hard insurance market, uh, fuels up 33% since March. So, uh, carriers can't get new equipment. So, you know, I, I think everything's in a holding pattern. Um, I think people like the numbers today, but I think between you know, the, the war in Europe right now, uh, the Chinese lockdowns, you know, all indication are that you know, people are spending more on services and hard goods as they come out of this post pandemic. So I think there's a lot of nervousness and, and um, you know, what advice I always give people, I think June is a real bellwether month. I think June's a real bellwether month. You've got the uh, school back, you know, back to school warehouses are getting filled the holidays, Halloween, Christmas, uh, you know, produce starts, a lot of flatbed stuff moves uh, for infrastructure work. So June will be a real indicator uh, of what's going on for sure. And how this might play out. Um, but, but as I said, I, I, think, uh, I think it's the outside factors that worry people more, and the uncontrolled outside factors, more so than what I have call the trucking factors, the things that people feel they can actually control. Um, I think the one thing that, just to note that Summit will protect the carriers from the carriers, you know, if you look at the 12 uh, freight recessions in the past, most of them are caused by carriers when business gets good going out and buying too much equipment. And having and changing the economics one on one, so now the OEMs are protecting the carriers from themselves because they can't get a, they can't get equipment. Exactly. So I, I, I'm pretty confident that's going to really soften any massive turn because the only way carriers can get new equipment is to is to buy a trucking company for anything. So um, <laughs> I think it's just all these variables in the unknown that got people pondering. But I, I do think a lot of people in the market are are making a lot out of something using data that's probably not applicable to most people in the Canadian market.
1: Go ahead, there, John. Did you have a question?
2: Well, I was going to say there's been a big change in the industry here recently because, because of the rates, the way they've gone, there's been a lot of independent owner operators that have gone out, got their own operating authority. You know, looking at the numbers from FMCSA alone, the number of US DOT numbers that have been applied for in the last 12 months is just, historically humongous, you know. Um, so so that's going to be an interesting environment. We're going to have a whole lot more individual independence on the road now. And and this can't help them either with this, trying to get equipment, paying through the nose. And then you, you talk about, you know, uh, with fuel prices gone up, just this weekend alone they jumped 15%. You know, 30 cents a liter they jumped. My, my vehicle's diesel, so I'm monitoring the diesel prices constantly and friday morning uh it was around two dollars a liter and saturday morning i was going through regions that were 230 a liter and i'm like are you kidding me like so that's going to hurt the owner operators as well as the companies it's going to come back to the bottom line the fuel surcharge has got to go up some more so somebody's got to pay that but at the same time gasoline's gone up so when does the public start screaming an outcry to go, what the hell's going on here? When's this going to calm down?
0: Well, I, I guess, you know, so you've made a lot of good points. So, so on, on the trucking side, I saw those stats, and apparently there's over 100,000 new carriers, which is probably owner-operators and small guys. I'm not sure where they got the equipment, but I assume in the market. Um, and, and there's no doubt those are the ones that are going to pay the price, the small carriers, the independent carriers, the ones that, you know, about 10 to 50% of carriers' capacity, the large carriers is in the spot market, but it, it's a real playpen for the small uh, carriers and the owner-operators. You know, fuel surcharge is all in normally, and uh, I don't know how they're going to offset the cost. I, I, I really don't know that. It's a great question, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to be an owner-operator now. Oh, no. Uh, cuckoo. And, and you see all the of time, they think the getting's good, I want to get a piece of this pie, um, but they're the ones that are really going to get hurt because they're the ones that play in the spot, spot market. They're, they yeah. live in Wi-Fi, and um, you know, that's, that's what's really getting hurt now. I the contract rates are the high as ever been, and uh, it, it's why you really have to be careful with you know, when you start you know, reading these people that are looking into the so-called trucking crystal ball because they mm-hmm. base it on data that, uh, that is not relevant to all sectors of the industry.
2: No, and it's usually historical data, but there's so many underlying different situations with it. You know, I just read an article this morning uh, by uh, uh, Alan Bedard of uh, TFI, you know, and he's going, oh, there's no recession. There's going to be no recession. This is a different time. The uh, the things that brought in a recession are not the same they are today. So, so exactly. just as you'd mentioned, you know, it's it's not the same. It's different. So the analysts have got to pay attention and dig a little deeper here because – it's going to be quite unique and different. So, so does this mean it's a good time to be a driver? You know, driver wages should be on the way up. Driver demand is is huge right now.
0: Well, I think driver wages are at uh, are at historical highs. I frankly don't like the way drivers are paid. I think the per hour system is fine. And I get I get hate mail about this all the time. <laughs> I like the, I don't like the per mile model. I think it I think it makes run safe highways. I think drivers are chasing hours. I think it, uh, you know, what other job are Julie's paid when the weather's bad? And, and I just, and I think that is a huge part of the problem. So, you know, drivers are, are making historical amounts, but it's still not enough. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, know, you yeah. got every single industry, every single industry needs people. There's a huge human capital problem. And, you know, trucking's got a lot of negatives about it, the, you know, the lifestyle. You, you miss every birthday party. You miss every soccer game. Yep. And it's, yep. it's, it's Something has to give because, you know, that, that is, you know, my biggest fear long term. And uh, I think the way we pay is a real problem. I really do. You, you can't pay people the same as someone who's staying at home and cutting grass all day. It's just not yeah. the same. Well,
2: I, I was going to say, I, I'll speak for Chris because I like to speak for Chris because my lips move like Chris's move, but nonetheless um, we, we're both big advocates of hourly or salary pay, you know? And, and I think one of the big dilemmas is your new drivers coming into this don't understand this per mile or piecework concept. They, they, they're they coming from working at gas stations, McDonald's, you know, the grocery store where they were paid for all the time that they worked. You punch yeah. in, you punch out. Well, we have the technology with ELDs. Like, guys, the trucking companies, get on the ball. This is the perfect time for a transition. And you, I, I know companies that are paying by the hour, and they're not having near the trouble of the turnover no, that we see absolutely with other not.
0: No, absolutely not. It's, um, you know, something has to give at some point in time. The definition of stupidity is doing the same thing all the time, expecting mm-hmm. different results. Yeah, and of course, you've got this notion of. The, you know, the, you know, with the dry ring side of things, where people want to be paid that way as well, and um, you know, it's kind of damned if you damned if you don't. Um, but the reality is, is that you know, we do have a human capital problem unless unless something drastic gets done. And to your point, and I, I'm not going to name the fleets as irrelevant, but I know four fleets in Ontario, some two significant ones that pay per hour, mm-hmm. and, and it works. It works. Mm-hmm. It's, it's there. Mm-hmm. These are get people. Um, and, you know, I, the one thing that people forget about is is, is when, when guys get late and, and and they've lost days, they start chasing miles. Yep. At least they're chasing miles, tired, and, uh, you get know, tired, you don't have time to rest, the job continues to be unhealthy. Like the stats are nuts, as you know, with obesity and, and smoking and uh, are grossly overweight. And a lot of that is because they're just chasing, I believe, because they're chasing miles. Sure. And it's Stress. Like, yeah. It's a risk to public safety. You combine that with the fact that, these new drivers need 103.5 hours of mandatory training, which is just about enough to get a license. And uh, you wonder why I, I you, know, you know, unfortunately, when we have accidents or big ones, I know that we're safer drivers, but it's it's a it's a dangerous job when when when, you, when you're out there chasing hours. know yep.
1: now it's in my opinion now it's absolutely the way to go to pay by the hour. Um, why? is this industry any different? And um, I mentioned to you before we uh, recorded this, that I was doing a road test on Saturday or road tests on Saturday. And I drove by a Tim Hortons and they're having a job fair on May the 7th. They're advertising now, which uh, was still in April on Saturday, Mm -hmm. trying to get people, Um, you know, and we've been saying that there's a driver shortage for years which there really hasn't been. I think there is now.
0: There's an everything charge. Yeah. Well, the, the driver charge was. You know, <laughs> but there's a sure sh- every single person I know. So two things that people think are unique to trucking, I don't think there are. Every single industry I know has a human capital problem, yep. and every and every single industry's got a drivering problem, meaning mm-hmm. workers that want to work sure. uh, as independent contractors. They're not. Sure. They're not exclusive to trucking. Uh, sure. Every single, every single, you know, to a lot of these immigrants, being self-employed is more important than uh, uh, than, than than things like vacation pay and workers' comp, and you know, the drivers end up paying the ones that go and drive rink. But it, it's very important for them. It's, it's way that they want to be self-employed. They want to have uh, the largest fleet. Uh, where they worship on Sundays, and 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 that's and, and they're not driven by lifestyle, and 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 that's the reality of the future trucking. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know what's going on today reminds me of it was before my time, but uh, this this Canadian trucking industry is built with farmers and the people that are coming over here uh, from from South Asian countries. They have a farm background, and um, yeah. they don't they'll they do the work, but it's that balance between how do you pay them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a lot of noise in the market, but uh, so, to this point in time, I haven't seen a lot of enforcement.
2: I remember I remember back in the day, you couldn't even drive truck on a Sunday till midnight. We <laughs> <You> couldn't work. <laughs> nope.
1: Yes. Yeah. We won't I go see. that far back.
2: Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was I funny because i I remember my dad having an afternoon nap every Sunday. You know, I couldn't understand why, and it was like, oh, well, I can't leave till like ten o'clock at night to get across the border, so I got to yeah. wait. So you know, I have a nap, and then I can drive. It's Monday morning now; I can drive. So, well,
0: the reality is, is this generation of Canadian kids—they don't want the jobs. They don't want yeah. them. Uh, you know, there's there's opportunity of getting more women involved. There's opportunity with disabled people. There's there's with military, but. The problem we have, it's I don't believe it's so much anti-trucking. In fact, if anything, our brand's never been stronger. Um, it's never been stronger. We see this in our investment banking business. So I see this in, in what I'm doing currently right route, but we're competing with other sectors where their jobs are more conducive to a better lifestyle. These kids want lifestyle. They're they're wired my kids are wired so different than me, I, I can't believe I raised them. Oh, great. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, but they just, they, they value things we didn't value. They're not chasing the buck like we are. They, they want, like, the thought of, of, of this generation of kid, you know, in the old days, that's what you did to take care of your family. This generation of Canadian kids, they don't want to miss their kids' baseball games. They don't want to miss their daughters' mm-hmm. titles. Exactly. And and exactly. they're not going to. And they, they can make the same money working in the city and not driving a truck every day.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of jobs, there's a lot of factory jobs. Um, look at, and not even factory, if you were a carpenter or an electrician, any trade. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, well, gonna, huge right now. Yeah. Gold. yeah, and why wouldn't you pick a trade where you sleep in your own bed every mm-hmm. night, as opposed to being a truck driver and being on the road?
0: Yep, I, agree. I, agree. Well, I, I saw the other day, guys, $56,000, including benefits and three weeks vacation to basically bag groceries at a major retailer. Yeah, Jeez. Wow. <laughs> why not? I, I remember in
2: 2003 when I closed my trucking company down, I sat down with my two kids and, and they were just, you know, just coming into their teens at that time. So they still had time to go. And I said, look, if you're interested in being part of this company, I'll keep it going. And And they both looked at me like I had three heads and they said, why? We watch you work 80 hours a week. We don't want to work 80 hours a week, you know, and neither one of them work, work their butts off and they make decent money. And, and it's kind of funny because it's like, why do I want to do that? I won't get to spend any time with my family. Dad, you never spend time with us. You're always at the shop. You're in the office. You're on the truck. You're going down the road. What? I don't want that life. So they saw that. And that was 20 100%. plus years ago.
0: Well, that's one reason the MA and business is moving. The kids don't want the yeah. business. They're, they're not, you know, you have got a lot of these companies in this sort of, you know, first and second wave of trucking companies, yep. the owners are truck drivers and they love it. They they would mm-hmm. rather fix a truck than, than worry about you know running the books. Yeah. Uh, yep. And they've been successful. They made a ton of money in real estate. Yep. The real estate model portfolios are nuts. Yep. And the kids all went to Ivy League schools yep. and got mm-hmm. MBAs and uh, they're probably a lot smarter than us, but they don't they don't want the job, plain and simple. Yep. And, and you know I, I remember when I was when I was a chairman up at a trucking HR Canada you know, talking to guidance counselors. And, and you know, when all the cards are stacked against you, you have to do something differently. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I don't know what the answers are, but the bottom line is a professional truck driver should be, uh, you know, you need to go to four-year apprenticeship school to, to, to frame a house. Mm-hmm. Not, to, not to roll down the highway at 80,000 yeah. pounds. Uh, uh, you need 103 hours to teach you how to drive safely. Like That not mm-hmm. that – mm-hmm. it doesn't does yeah. mind boggling.
1: Now, hey, hey, I've got to ask you a question because I've always wanted to know, and maybe our listeners and watchers are, uh, need to know, what the heck is Ace? Mike, Ace McCarran is how you are best, known. Um, so Ace, where did Ace come from?
0: Well, you know, I got to tell you, gents, I wish I had a really good story for you. But I was about 55 years old, and I got in the back of a sandbox, and I was actually ace paving at 22-and-all in the sandbox all the time. So believe it or not, that just carried on. And uh, I guess the rally is all my kids' friends call me Mr. Ace. A lot of people don't know the name. I actually don't like it because it's a pretty arrogant uh, <laughs> nickname. But rest assured, I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't give it to myself. It has nothing to do with my prowess on the athletic field. How's that? Well...
1: <laughs> Speaking of prowess on the athletic field, uh, do you want to explain your background there? You've got, uh, I mean, oh, sorry. Before we move on, you used a an acronym that maybe our listeners didn't uh, catch or don't know. You said M and m and A means.
0: Oh, well, that would be merger and acquisition. So uh, that is so the company I, I started out out, out of uh, once I worked off my non-compete MSM. Uh, I started an investment bank uh, called Left Lane Associates uh, that does just the only one in Canada, supply chain M&A. So, you know, we see uh, it, it's really kept me engaged in the space. It's fun. But, you know, that's what's driving a lot of the exits of the Canadian truckers is, is that the kids don't want it. And we see that in that practice uh, every day.
1: Yeah. And, and of course, recently you've started another company. You and your son stepped out.
0: I did so. Um, left Lane made an investment. So Left Lane, for full transparency, was getting a little bit too much for me. Uh, I retired because I was sick of working to John's point <laughs> seventy-hour weeks. I thought I could start a little investment bank. Found a good young, smart partner, and you know, thought ah, I could do this. Pay the wife's Visa bill and work a couple of days a week. Oh. And you know, five years later, we're doing you know upwards of twenty deals a year. I was back wow. working eighty hours a week and uh to be quite frank i couldn't keep up with these kids anymore they just worked in with this computer and 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 i'll I'll give you a fun example and i and i i think there's always these magic moments uh during the pandemic we renovated our office and uh i was the one charged with getting the office furniture so i had a hell of a time and you know instead of going online i went to the old-fashioned way and went to furniture stores i reported to the staff i said guys i I can't find the type of desk I was looking for. There's nothing big enough to store all the paper. And one of the young staffers, you know, got real brave and looked up and said, Mike, uh, we don't need desk with paper. And I said, well, where are you going to store everything? Well, Mike, I'm in the Google Drive. You're the only person in this business. <laughs> well, then I started looking at Then they didn't want to have receptionist. And uh, they had this Google Drive. They didn't tell me about it. I was afraid they'd screw it up. And I really realized, and all kidding aside that, you can't lead a group of millennials when it's do as I say, not as I do. And when we moved to the CRM that basically tells you when to call customers, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And it just, it was really more me saying that these kids are out working me and I can't keep up. So, uh, but we, we, we looked at, we had looked at uh, the third party space significantly. We really believe that there's a real technology play there. So, um, uh, we left lane invested in a company called right route supply chain solutions. I was going to retire full on, but, uh, getting a chance to work with my son and, and, you know, he was a professional hockey player. I just never spent a lot of time with him uh, for 10 years. So just, uh, it's more a family play. I get to teach my son the trade. Uh, it's been really fun.
1: Sweet. That would be excellent. As far as I'm concerned, I'd love to, uh,
0: great opportunity
1: have the opportunity to work with my son.
0: He Mm -hmm. He wasn't happy. So he started the investment bank. He was playing, uh, Played professional hockey, got pandemic, now came home with nothing new, started working for left lane, joined our team as an investment banker. And, you know, we looked at this opportunity, but he, he wasn't that excited about it when he found out that, like everyone else, he had to take a major pay cut to start it up. But, uh, <laughs> so far, so good.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: well, I, I, you know, it's funny, you talk about those young kids and whatnot, because I remember a, a phrase I, I refer to frequently that, uh, Mr. Dobbs, Steve Jobs spoke about uh, we hire people smarter than us so they can tell us what to do, not us tell them what to do.
0: true. I, I believe that. You know? I, I believe that's the biggest mistake entrepreneurs make if, if you hire yeah. people. You know, when you're an employee of a big company, you're afraid to hire smart, but they might be smarter than you. Well, if they're smarter than you and you play that properly, you're going to move up the ladder. And, you know, we've uh, – this hiring thing's interesting. So, we, we, so it's, you talk about hiring. We hire non-experienced, mm-hmm. and we teach them the business. Um, because we we don't hire we I hire for heart and integrity. In fact, in, in both our companies now, we only hire known people because we tried this putting it out in the paper and interviewing four hundred people. You can teach anyone the transportation business. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can't teach mm-hmm. heart and integrity. No, no. We've got, we've got two kids. uh My son and 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 a, and a friend of a friend we hired. And between the two of them, they're doing, you know, $600,000 a month in business after four months. They didn't know the business. It's it's not a hard business. And, and, you know, everyone's paying people all this big dough to come. And this is a very teachable business. We realized a long time ago, our our turnover, I learned this at MSM years ago. You have to hire for heart and integrity. And if you have that, the rest is easy. People, I think, hire too much for what people bring to the table. Trucking Mm -hmm. is a very teachable business.
2: Well, you know, and you're spot on with that for the simple fact that a lot of guys will hire I'm looking for somebody with experience versus taking and finding the right person with the right attitude and the right personality and let me teach you to be a better driver, you know. Um I guess I work with so many clients and it's it's funny because the safety departments and I know Chris sees the same thing. The safety department will have squat for experience in the industry, but they're the ones telling the drivers how to do their job. And it's yeah. like Hang on. If you engage with the driver and ask the driver, how can we do this better? The driver would be glad to help you. But
0: drivers don't take kindly to being told well, what how, to do. <laughs> how can you be a safety manager and never drive a truck? Like, how do you how do you how do you it's just it's it's, it's no yep. different. It's no different than these fancy, dancing wall street financial analysis yep. telling you about doom and gloom when they don't understand that. Like the, the one guy, and you know, names are important. One of them. Release a scathing report about the market's dropping recently, and then realize that in spot rates, the the, the the freight is all in. Okay, they just you know like they know enough to be dangerous, and that's why, as I say, I think that truckers have to be really careful of what they're believing out there because nothing's going to get worse than the last two years. You knew it was going to reset. You knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. So, yep. where's the surprise? Like, there's long no overdue, way, and there's no way it could continue like that. Not not a chance. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mike, you're talking to two safety guys or two ex-safety guys, and, and we're both consultants. Can you say again your opinion of, uh, and I'll translate it a little bit, but who makes a good safety manager? What's one of the things that a safety manager, in order to, in order to run a successful safety department, what's one of the things they have to have?
0: Well, they, I, I would think, and you know, my, my background is 100% sales. In fact, uh, many people in this you want me to get a driver's license just for shits and giggles, but I don't know how a good safety manager can not be an ex driver. He needs to be on driving better than that driver. He has to live the life and that's part of what we're doing with our team. You've got to live the life as a dispatcher before you run a business. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. I, I personally never understood why driving, I see this a lot of things, drive. Once you're a driver, you're always a driver. Mm-hmm. There, what other companies you hire people and say you're always a driver? Like drivers are smart mm-hmm. people. It's a tough job. Exactly. Why are drivers yep. involved in pricing decisions? Um, mm-hmm. um, there's so much more than they can do, but I just I just yep. don't I'm sure and I have to be careful to all the great safety managers out there. That's not a shot at any of them, but I would think that to get the respect of the drivers, which you need, you have mm-hmm. to speak their language and have lived in their shoes for a significant yep. amount of time. Yep, agreed.
1: Mike, as we're approaching our time limit here, can you explain the background that you have behind you, over your shoulder there?
0: It's all correct. So the one side is, so I, I, so I was very active right. in hockey. I was very active. I own a junior hockey team called the St. Michael's Buzzers for 15 years, in the interior junior hockey league team. And... uh and, uh, that particular team, my son was a captain. We, we, uh, we were all interior champions. We said 22,000, 20, sorry, 22 players, to the next level of hockey. And we also had seven players on team Canada. That's my son's team Canada sweater. Oh well,
1: that's cool. pretty cool. I mean, I go ahead.
0: I literally just put that up there because they want to look at my wife's credenza. So uh, it was a really. That's <laughs> it up there permanently. That was like, do you want to see my wife's credenza?
2: Like, no. No, but You I- better be careful because I could make it to the honeydew list and now you got to redo the credenza for her. <laughs>
0: oh, no, 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 John. Like, so to be clear, I've got a toolbox, it has two tools in it a pen and a checkbox.
1: <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> I had the uh, the pleasure one day many years ago now of going to a dinner that you were hosting, and it was a fundraiser for your hockey team. Richards, uh, yeah, i sure. Yep, yep he he uh, invited me to come along. That was a, really the probably the first time that I met you. So that was a few years back.
0: I well, mean. I, well, thanks for your support. And that was one of the great things about St. Mike's. They have such great history over 100 years of hockey and, and you know, you get the stars out. And it, it was really fun. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I got out of junior hockey a few years ago because uh, it's just getting a little too wacky right now. The parents are getting wacky. You know, it's no longer with the kids. It's about, you know, anyways, it's, it's good. It's, it's wacky, well, hockey's wackier trucking, if you can believe that. Yeah, yeah. I believe it. Because everyone, everyone, everyone thinks their kids go to the NHL. And, uh, just doesn't happen.
1: Yes. Being a parent uh, of two kids that were always very active in extracurricular activities, um, one of them being hockey as well. Yeah, the parents back in my generation were getting wacky. So I can't imagine what another <laughs> 20 or 30 years have added to that.
0: Yeah. You buddy. I'm not far behind it, i trust That's what you get... My solution, get wacky grandparents. my solution to get rid of the parents i just coached all the teams <laughs> there you go <laughs> i talked to parents i just went in the dressing room and i just coached it was really easy i dealt with kids and you know it's interesting because it's new business you know we're hiring all we're going to kids that we've hired the last year five kids you, know, you talk about targeting people so we put an ad for sales manager we had three applications i found a kid that used to work play, play play for all ontario team done and we just hired another one uh, last week so uh I'm deepened into these kids who I know have integrity. They know how to win. And, and we got a relationship. And, and uh, that's where we're getting employees for our new for our businesses now. Cool. Kids I used to coach in hockey. Yeah, all
1: right. Mike, Perfect. I got to say, Mike Ace McCarron, thanks so much for coming on the uh, Trucking Risk and Insurance podcast. This was good. It was fun. Johnny, any last questions?
2: Love the insight. Hopefully we can do this again. We'll, uh, we'll follow fun. the future and see where it goes. But uh, it is a different time.
0: I'm a big fan. Big fan. Great to. Uh, I'm glad I invited myself on. That was really nice of me. And so, to have you? Me.
1: Now, that's <laughs> not exactly true. I had mentioned to you at the NRRS, <laughs> and you had said yes, and I hadn't followed up yet. That's
0: <laughs> Bruce Eldridge keeps bugging me, and, and but he, I, I wrote a call about the ten, the, the 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 five best movies and songs. And I said I'm going to talk for an hour and a half about. About uh, on the road again by Willie Nelson. I'm not doing. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fun.
1: All right, thanks, awesome. Mike.
0: All the best. Bye bye. Take care. Thank you.
1: And that was Mr. Mike McCarran. Got to thank Mike so much for coming on the show and expressing his opinions. John and I are so appreciative. And we are very appreciative of you, the viewer and the listener. If you're getting value, please click a like and subscribe and leave us a comment. Who would you like to have on the show? What did you think about Mike's interview? All right, that's it for this week the Trucking
0: Risk and Insurance Podcast. We're done till next week.